0: Welcome to AudioPie's English Literature and Language Show. You can dip into huge chunks of over 19 series for free and learn on the go. Happy listening, everyone.
1: How swiftly those who've made a pact can come to overlook the fact or wish the reckoning to be delayed. But a debt is a debt and must be paid. And must be paid. Welcome back to our podcast series on Blood Brothers. In this podcast, we're going to look at the short part of Act 1 between the song My Child and the end of Shoes Upon the Table.
0: This includes the moment when Mrs Lyons comes to claim the baby and shows us how things start to go wrong almost straight away. Neither woman has really thought through what they would feel when the babies finally arrive.
1: As Mrs Johnston wheels the pram home from hospital, she is met by debt collectors who've come to claim back various goods she hasn't paid for. Russell uses this incident to help us understand how she came to agree to the deal with Mrs Lyons in the first place. It emphasises her poverty and how she's struggling to manage her large family on what she earns.
0: At the beginning, the narrator asks us to judge the mother so cruel and how she came to give away her child. We can see now that Mrs Johnston isn't heartless or uncaring, but she doesn't think ahead. She is too busy trying to hold things together for her children from day to day to really think about the future.
1: When the grumpy finance man tells Mrs Johnston,
0: If you know you
1: can't pay, you shouldn't bloody well sign. She speaks straight from her heart. I know I shouldn't, you soft get. I spent all my life knowing I shouldn't, but I do.
0: This applies to the deal with Mrs Lyons as well. She's been in a sort of denial, and we can see it's very painful for her to give up the baby. She won't choose. She looks away as Mrs Lyons makes her choice.
1: No, don't tell me which one. Just take him. Take him. So Mrs Johnston sometimes ignores what she knows the fact that she can't afford things, because even to have them for a short time gives the kids some pleasure. They love looking in the catalogue and choosing things, and then when Mrs Johnston can't keep up the payments, they have to go back.
0: To begin with, this is what the song Easy Terms is about. Living on the never-never is a term that means living on credit. These days, people are more likely to run up credit card bills they can't afford, But in the 80s, it was common for catalogue companies to offer goods for sale, to be paid for in instalments over a year or more. This was often called easy terms in the advertising, but actually usually involved the customer paying quite a lot of interest.
1: What can't be paid must be returned. You never, ever learn. Nothing's yours on easy terms. In the second verse, though the meaning of the song shifts, now it's about the baby she has promised to give away. She sings... Should we meet again, I will not recognise your name.
0: In this way... Russell links Mrs. Lyons with the creditors who are hounding Mrs. Johnston, and audience sympathy begins to shift away from her. The way she speaks reinforces this. Her first words to Mrs. Johnston are...
1: They're born. You didn't notify me.
0: The word notify is extremely formal and impersonal here.
1: The way the two women speak also shows the power imbalance between them. Mrs Lyons is clear and emphatic, speaking in short statements. My husband is due back tomorrow, Mrs Johnston. I must have my baby. She sounds unsympathetic and doesn't acknowledge Mrs Johnston's distress.
0: By contrast, Mrs Johnston's speech is full of hesitation and repetition, showing her emotional pain.
1: Well, I... I just... It's... Couldn't I keep one of them for a few more days? Please, please, they're a pair. They go together.
0: In the end, as we've seen, she can't bear to look when Mrs Lyons chooses a baby.
1: We see another example of the play's compressed time frame as Mrs Johnston now moves directly across the stage to work at the Lyons' house. We know that this is at least a week later, because we've just heard Mrs Lyons tell her to take a week off. We can also tell by some of the things Mrs Lyons says. She's always fussing over him, showing us that quite a bit of time has passed.
0: We can see a difference in Mrs Lyons here. She has more wealth and status than Mrs Johnston, and this has given her a sort of power. She has used this to force Mrs Johnston to stand by the deal and give up Edward. Now, however, Mrs Lyons seems uncomfortable and on the edge. When her husband says he's proud of her and the baby, the stage directions says she... ...can hardly raise a smile. We can understand
1: why Mrs Lyons is behaving this way. Mrs Johnston could destroy her happiness at any moment by telling what she knows... Mrs Lyons is terrified and can't bear to see Mrs Johnston touching the baby. Her emotions must be a painful mixture of fear, guilt and anxiety and she thinks that by pushing Mrs Johnston out of their life she will be protecting herself.
0: This fear leads her to break the terms of the deal and do something very cruel. She sacks Mrs Johnston. She offers her money which at first seems like a gift to help her.
1: What will I do? How how am I going to live without my job? Yes, well, we've thought of that. Here, here, it's, it's a lot of money, but, well. When Mrs Johnston threatens to take Edward away with her, Mrs Lyons uses the money to manipulate her and regain control. She threatens Mrs Johnston. You'll be locked up. You sold your baby she's introduced the money to plant that idea.
0: Now she goes further, deliberately exploiting Mrs Johnston's superstitious nature by telling her that if the twins ever find out they've been separated, they will die. Although lots of cultures have old superstitions about twins and bad luck, Mrs Lyons seems to have invented this one. But Mrs Johnston believes her, and that belief is enough to keep her silent, even though Mrs Lyons has broken her promise that Mrs Johnston would see Edward grow up.
1: They, they say that if either twin learns that he was once a pair, they shall both immediately die. They shall be raised apart and never, ever told what was once the truth. You won't tell anyone about this, Mrs Johnston, because if you do, you will kill them. if you do you will kill so the theme of superstition which was introduced at the beginning with the shoes on the table becomes central to the plot here the narrator's song here has a lively catchy rhythm but the words build up a sense of tension and of impending disaster it describes the devil as coming closer
0: got your number gonna find you Creeping down the hall, knocking.
1: We can see that Mrs. Johnston is terrified, and she rushes across to the part of the stage which represents her own house and locks herself in.
0: The repetition of knocking at your door, along with the sight of Mrs. Johnston hiding behind her own locked door creates an ominous feeling at the end of this section. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next part. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to search for and listen to the next episode in the series to build your topic knowledge. Hit the Acast Plus link in the show description to become a premium supporter and unlock access to every episode in every series for as long as you need. We also make GCSE and A-level content for history, RE, sociology and psychology. Happy listening, everyone.